Welcome back in. This is the only podcast you ever need to listen to in the history of podcasts. It is Fast Break with Asa. We've got the boss here. I'm Jay Burr. I'm just kind of the court jester here, if you will. Um, we're, we're doing this on a Monday now. Um, boss, uh, do you have a good weekend? Going to get out and about in the state here? Or? I had a great weekend. I have some uh, family in. We had uh, a great time actually with my grandchildren. But Jay, uh, most importantly, you have not commented on the fact that I have a bold red tie on. Uh, I'd probably go with more of a uh, maybe a wine Maybe chartreuse? Uh, no, no, now you're missing it because it's razorback red. It, oh, At least yeah. pretend that it is. Uh, I went to the Rock Touchdown Club yeah. today at lunch and heard Coach Sam Pittman, and so I'm a little fired up about razorback football and all things uh, football for yeah. this fall, even though I'm a little bit of a basketball guy. Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of where where is football kind of in your hierarchy of sport? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I love football. Uh, it's hierarchy of sports, uh, you know, basketball, uh, football, college. This has to be college. We're a college uh, state uh, sports town. Uh, and, uh, and so football's right up there. I just shift from season to season from, uh, <laughs> football to basketball. And of course, uh, the baseball is incredible these days, uh, in Arkansas as well. You big hockey guy? Uh, you just, and I, and I'm not a fan of cricket either. Oh, I haven't understood cricket, <laughs> but, but hockey, I'm a big hockey guy. We'll get you into that. Well, well, and let me, let me come back on that. Uh, I have been to hockey games. It is a great sport. Yeah. We just don't have a whole lot in Arkansas. So I need to be easy. And up in uh, Northwest Arkansas, we've got some, uh, good hockey fans up there that yeah. have moved in, got an ice rink and sure I do. see those hockey jerseys from time to time. Yeah, we'll make you a Florida Panther fan. So that, I think that's it. But they do have the club team up there at, at the University of Arkansas too. They're pretty good, from what I understand as well. So we might have to get you in on some of that. There's not much I would yield to you on Jay, but I'll yield <laughs> to you on the hockey stars. All right. Um, but Coach Pitt, uh, you know, he's a heck of a speaker. Uh, he can he can fire up just about anybody kind of what was the vibe uh coming into the season i mean obviously everybody thinks they're going to win a national championship there's all that hope on the horizon and but but it's always uh the hope that'll kill you uh what, what are you thinking this year well uh, i think first of all we're uh, undefeated uh, going right. into the season and uh, you know i guess the uh uh, you know, the big excitement was the fact that our first game is against Cincinnati, which is a top 20 ranked team. Yeah. And this is not what we usually do. We usually start off a little bit easier opponents. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, we've got one of the toughest schedules again. Uh, Coach Pittman said, uh, what are you all trying to do? Drive me away? I mean, look at this schedule. <laughs> uh, but he, again, he was a great sense of humor. Uh, but that was the excitement. I mean, just about the uh, schedule and then KJ Jefferson coming back who's uh uh you know such a mature uh, quarterback with improved accuracy mm-hmm. so a lot to be excited about he's a solid human being he is a thick big dude on top of that kind of got a sort of a Ben Roethlisberger kind of uh you know physicality to him so are we going to talk about something more serious oh we can we can get into that huh? you know college football can be serious though that's that's the thing we're in the south you got the SEC. I mean, it's it's serious business. Uh, it it is uh, absolutely serious. And uh, I was telling uh, uh, some of the folks there today that uh, you know 
politics is uh, rough and tumble, uh, but it's also almost uh, difficult to watch sometimes because of the anger and the back and forth that's out there. And it is so critically important, but we don't get a whole lot of good news out of that. And then we got uh, challenges across the globe. Sports is something that brings people together still. It does. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sports athletes need to understand how important they are to the psychic of Americans. And I think we realized that during the pandemic. But uh, sports uh, is important to our national life and our state life. Absolutely. Um, but let's let's kind of pivot here now. I know uh, one of the big things here of late uh, was the uh, the raid or the uh, the investigation, however you want to phrase it, uh, there at Mar-a-Lago, uh, where uh, former President Donald Trump uh, kind of took some parting gifts with him, uh, if you will, uh, in terms of some of the the classified documents, some of them highly sensitive. Um, you know, what did what did you make of that that situation? Kind of where it began and kind of where we're at now and, and even sort of the evolution of that, because uh, a lot of this stuff is, you know, Trump was the one that kind of put it out there initially. Oh, the FBI came and raided Mar-a-Lago. But then, you know, usually those things are kind of kept under wraps. So uh, kind of what's your take on, on the situation here? Well, whenever uh, I learned about this, and I learned about it at the same time everyone else did, uh, that a search warrant was executed at Mar-a-Lago, then uh, I immediately uh, issued a statement saying this is unprecedented uh, for the home of a former president uh, to be searched. It is alarming, and that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just that this catches your attention. And I immediately called upon the Department of Justice to give us more information. You can't do something this dramatic, this uh, alarming, and not uh, help us understand it and to grasp what is happening here. And it took two days, but eventually uh, Attorney General Garland made a statement that was carefully worded, uh, make sure that you didn't go too far, but he did say you're going to file a motion to release uh, some of the documents, which would be uh, the inventory of the items that were seized, Uh, it had uh, the items that was to be requested to be searched. What it didn't have was the probable cause affidavit that supported the search. And, of course, that's what uh, I thought was important to see to understand uh, the gravity or more of the reasons behind what was happening. Of course, President, former President Trump did not object to and agreed to the release of the inventory as to what was seized. And that's whenever we realized that there were boxes of classified material that was housed there. And, of course, Jay, I've, I mean, as as U.S. attorney, uh, I've had to deal with sensitive information. But more significantly, when I was at Homeland Security, mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, you know, I had to have my top secret clearance. Uh, I understood what uh, sensitive uh, compartmentalized information was. And there was some intelligence information that uh, only certain people could be read into because it's so sensitive that could be extremely uh, grave consequences to the United States if it's disclosed. Well, that's the level of information that is classified uh, to be there at the boxes at uh, Mar-a-Lago. And this is, uh, you know, puts a different face on it whenever you know that, and then you cry for more information. And so uh, whenever you look at 
what happened, I, I think you still there's still a need for that probable cause affidavit to be released. Uh, and I can give you a little background uh, from my experience. Uh, we've I've done scores of search warrants, and they're kept under seal until such time that there's the information is by and large publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the case has been has moved along to a certain point, and then the government would say, "Let's go ahead and release it." And and so here, there might have to be some information redacted. Uh, in other words, if there's sources that are confidential in yeah. the probable cause affidavit, they might need to be protected. And we got to leave. Uh, I mean, some of that discretion to the Department of Justice as to whether it is wise or not uh, to release that, but. The American public, whenever you have something of this gravity, uh, gravity yeah. uh, we have to be able to understand more what is happening and, and the importance of it. I think we're starting to see it. But uh, if you have less information, then people draw wrong conclusions. So uh, I advocate for more information to be out there. Is that necessarily a good thing sometimes? Because, you know, a lot of times... You know, FBI, DOJ, they'll kind of keep these things as quiet as they can. But I I would assume the situation changed once former President Trump kind of put it out there himself that, hey, they came to my house and they were looking for something. Does that does that kind of change the dynamic of of how we approach all this? Because I like you said, there is that sense of, you know, hey, we got to protect all the parties involved. We have to protect potential information that we could be finding. Uh, absolutely. The uh, Department of Justice, the U.S. Attorney guidelines uh, talk about fairness to the suspect or to whoever's having the search uh, performed on their property. Uh, and you want to make sure that you don't infringe on their rights and, and prejudice the case. And so, generally speaking, the Department of Justice will be quiet and reserved and not get into uh, saying too much. Right. But there's also, as the attorney general said, the public interest has to weigh in as well. And whenever you have a case against or a search against the former president's residence, whenever you have information that's already out there, uh, it is incumbent upon the appropriate administration of justice to provide at least some information to explain what is happening here. And so... The search warrants are always released at some point. It will be at some point. It's just a question of timing and fairness. Now, let me talk about, you know, I've mentioned things that we do know, uh, and that is that there was classified information there. What we don't know, though, is why it was there. We don't know whether this was removed from the White House because it was error in labeling. We don't know whether... Uh, the president's claim that he declassified it himself uh, is is accurate right. or whether that is the proper process. Uh, we don't know whether there were other restrict other means that uh, the Department of Justice could acquire uh, the sensitive documents yeah. uh, of, uh, short of actually going in and getting a search warrant to, uh, search the property. And that's, of course, what President Trump's attorneys are saying. You know, you, w- the communication broke down. Well, I think there's a lot more to be learned. Uh, you know, there's information from the New York Times that 
the uh, one of the attorneys for Donald Trump uh, indicated that there's no more classified information there. If uh, you come along and you get information that's credible, uh, that uh, you know there is classified information there, then you've got to make a decision. How do you retrieve that? Yeah. How do you protect that? Because literally, lives could be in danger from if, if that information gets in the wrong hands. And I guess, too, that has to be an alarming part of this whole thing, too. The fact that whatever it was that, that got to Mar-a-Lago got there. I mean, whether it be clerical error or whatever the case might be. I mean, if we're talking some fairly high-level, sensitive documentation, uh, you'd hope that there's a little more... Well, and that's where it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Uh, first of all, under the uh, 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 the Records uh, Retention Act, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, president has to retain all of the documents for our national archives. Right. And so government documents should not be going down there to begin with. Uh, but then if it's classified, particularly if it is of that top secret, uh, sensitive, class, uh, confidential information or compartmentalized information, you know, that certainly should not be floating around. Right. And, uh, you know, I've, again, uh, I recall when I was at Homeland Security and uh, I challenged the, uh, I challenged uh, the uh, intelligence community mm-hmm. uh, that you're giving us this, uh, briefing material, and you're saying that we need to raise the threat level, that we have serious terrorist threats. Sure. And so uh, I told them, uh, I want to actually see uh, the backup material for this. And uh, they looked at me like I was crazy, and they said, well, we'll be glad to uh, show you the briefing material. I said, no, no, no. I want the raw field notes in which our intelligence agencies interviewed uh, and and uh, classified this material, and that had never been asked for before, to their knowledge. And so, you'd be kind they, of shocked about that too. Well, I imagine they said, uh, "Come on out there." And so, uh, I actually had to leave Homeland Security and go out uh, to the intelligence agency wow. and uh, sit there in a skiff, which is a protected environment in a room by myself to read this information. Wow. Now, the president is at a different level, and the president has unique authorities, and so there's a lot of that information that needs to come out. And so we need to be patient. Uh, We need to understand that facts are important and that we need to uh, understand more as to why the Department of Justice took this action, Mm -hmm. and secondly, uh, you know, why that those documents actually got from the White House down to uh, the resort in Florida. So there's a lot we don't know. We need to be patient about this, let the process work out. But I do believe it's incumbent that uh, we get more information as timely as it can be safely released by the Department of Justice. I guess in your opinion, you're a law guy, you got a lot of background, a lot of you know, experiences to draw on here, but how, how would something like this compare to, you know, the the cry for Hillary and all the emails and, and all that? I mean, I mean, there's some similarities here, or is this kind of, you know, a case by case sort of thing? Let's think back on uh, uh, former Secretary of State uh, Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. and she utilized a private email server uh, that. She transmitted information, communicated with her staff 
There were over 30,000 emails, I believe it was. And as that was reviewed, they determined that there was over 100 uh, communications that contained uh, classified information. And so it was a serious issue. Uh, It was investigated. And uh, and that's, of course, when you remember in 2016 when FBI Director uh, James Comey announced his conclusions after they reviewed everything. Mm -hmm. And so what happened uh, on Hillary Clinton was, one, uh, there was reckless uh, disregard of the classified information. And they found that uh, it was it was extremely reckless in the handling of that. Right. Secondly, they investigated that, and thirdly, they retrieved and protected the the classified information. And then finally, they said uh, there's not going to be a prosecution of it. Uh, and there's a lot of factors that we ought to talk about yeah. as to. You know, how a U.S. attorney makes a judgment as to whether a case should be prosecuted. And so if you step back here and say we need they need to be handled the same way. Well, uh, there was. Classified information that was in the wrong place. We've got to retrieve it, which hopefully that's been done. Secondly, there's an investigation. And then thirdly, there could be a conclusion down the road that this does not rise to the level of a prosecution. And then you've got uh, equivalency there, even though the facts are somewhat different. Sure. And there's a lot of ground that's got to be covered before we ever get to that prosecutorial decision. But that is really going to be challenging for the Department of Justice whenever you're out there already doing a search warrant. Mm-hmm. It is already public information. And you've got to make a decision that is non-political but realistic and consistent with past precedents. Yeah. So let's be patient as this unfolds. So do you think uh, with Hillary not being prosecuted, granted, kind of different circumstances, but kind of in that same arena that, and granted, you have to kind of still comb through everything, but would it be safe to say that maybe we shouldn't expect charges? Or is there still still just way too much to have to kind of dig through? Uh you have to wait and know what the evidence is. I mean, we don't know, again, the motive. You sure. know, why was the, why were these documents removed from the White House and moved down to the former president's residence? Who did it? What's the motivation on it? I mean, you can think of uh, scores of different scenarios as to uh, what would motivate the, the president or someone to do that and to keep them there. And, and obviously, there's a communication issue between uh, those are wanting the materials back, the FBI and uh, the attorneys for President Trump. So we, you just got to wait and see what that happens. But let me uh, come back to the prosecutorial decision. One of the criteria for a prosecutorial decision is the likelihood of winning a conviction in court. And so whenever you get the search warrant, you have to establish probable cause, which is really the is significant, sure. but it's still a lower level of proof uh, to, in contrast to proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And that is such a high level of proof in any criminal case that a prosecutor has to weigh whether you can get a conviction. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, you know, what's in the interest of the, of the country. 
And when you're dealing with a president or a former president, those are relevant factors. Oh, yeah. We balance the equal treatment of the law with the sensitivity and with the impact uh, on our nation. And, and so there's a reason that we haven't had former presidents prosecuted. <laughs> and, uh, and so those are all factors that have to be weighed by the Department of Justice. Let me say one more thing, sure. because I, I know the FBI has got uh, criticism, uh, particularly from the Republican base and from Trump's lawyers on the conduct of that search warrant. And uh, those decisions are not made by the FBI. Uh, the FBI doesn't say, we're going to go in and we're going to search somebody's property. Uh, they develop the, uh, the pro- uh, probable cause. Yeah. They take it to a United States attorney. The United States attorney or an assistant U.S. attorney reviews it. And then if it meets the measure uh, of uh, the U.S. attorney, and says, yes, this is a case that we want to be able to pursue, then you go to a magistrate. And let me tell you, I've been in magistrates' offices before seeking search warrants, and they look at the probable cause. If it's based upon informant information, you have to have the credibility of the informant weighed mm-hmm. because the magistrate is looking at this is invading somebody's home. Oh, yeah. And so they have a serious review of that as well. And then, of course, uh, the FBI doesn't make the decision. The U.S. attorney makes the decision. And whenever it is a sensitive matter, then it is required to go up the chain of command to the Department of Justice. For example, if if you investigate a public official, you've got to notify the Department of Justice. They have to sign off on many of the investigations for public officials. And certainly a former president, as Merrick Garland said, it reached his highest level. He approved it mm-hmm. as he should have approved it. Uh, and so this is not an FBI operation. This is a Department of Justice in which the FBI is carrying out uh, the order for uh, the search warrant and the search of the property. And two, I've, I've found it interesting that a lot of you know Republicans out there were kind of crashing down on the FBI when you know not too long ago there was the big back the blue, you know, we support law enforcement. And I, I would think when you say I support law enforcement, that includes the FBI. Um, you know, so is this one of those things, too, where, you know, they maybe should step back and be like, look, look at the situation in its totality. As you said, they were just merely kind of following the orders of their higher ups. And that's kind of what they do. There's kind of that hierarchy in law enforcement. Well, we should support law enforcement, and we're a human system, and people make mistakes, whether it is uh, the uh, murder of George Floyd Mm -hmm. that was by local law enforcement, or if it's errors that the FBI make or the DEA, there's a history of errors that's made by law enforcement. Uh, I mean, they're human, uh, and they're uh, in very difficult circumstances. Uh, So I understand that, but as a whole, the role of the FBI in, found, in fighting terrorism in our country, in fighting white-collar crime and public corruption, it's just essential to the proper functioning of our democracy. And we don't want to undermine uh, the respect that our institutions of law enforcement have earned through the decades of their service. And that's what I worry about is that 
we get so riled up uh, about not knowing what's happening or questioning what's happening. I mean, for a United States senator to imply that the FBI might be in there planting evidence, that uh, without any factual basis is very, very concerning because that erodes uh, the respect uh, that our law enforcement agencies uh, need to have. And and it, it kind of does feel just, you know, within the, the past, you know, maybe five years that a lot of that trust has been eroded, especially at the local level, um, you know, and, and a lot of these folks were, I mean, I don't want to say they're being hypocritical necessarily, but it, it does come off that way that, you know, just two years ago during the George Floyd, hey, let's be supportive. Let's wait till the facts come out. And now all of a sudden, shoes on the other foot. Well, now everybody's jumping to conclusions when it comes to, um, you know, President Trump and, and the, that whole situation. Well, that's the important point. Uh, there's a lot of information we don't know. We need to hit the pause button. We need to let the process work. And there'll be plenty of time for review and, and uh, judgments down the road. And uh, But let's in the, in the meantime, though, uh, let's don't be attacking uh, every institution uh, that uh, uh, is so important to our country. And that's one of the challenges that we face as a nation is that there's such skepticism and lack of trust of, of, our, of our institutions of democracy, whether it's the Congress, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's the judiciary, and they get hit from the left and right. And, you know, we're, we're a country that we need to have uh, the checks and balances, and we need to have our citizens looking over our shoulder. But at the same time, uh, let's uplift our institutions when we can. Let's give them a chance to work, and, uh, and, and let's have some confidence in the great traditions of our uh, democracy and our judicial system. It's a gotta-have-it-now society, though. So it, that patience is a virtue nowadays. Well, Jay, it's a challenge with the media because the media always wants to talk about it now. And uh, what's happening now? What does this mean? What does this mean? So I thought I'd just get that dig in there too, Jay. He's taking shots at me here. I, I, I felt the tone here because I was, I was, I was a former member of the media, former member of the media. Um, but you know, with like I said, with patience, uh, you know, you got to wait for things like such as your your coffee here. You know, how long do you have to wait for that one today? Well, I got it fairly rapidly. Oh, see, uh, it worked I, out though today. I, I, you have to be patient from time to time. <laughs> Where'd you go for that one? Well, this is Community Bakery, one Ooh. of one of my uh, spots. I like going to Fidel as well. Fidel, yeah. Uh, so those are my uh, cappuccino hideouts, and uh, <laughs> I do enjoy a cappuccino in the middle of the day. What makes a good one, though? I mean, that, that's the thing, because I'm more of a mocha guy, and I mean, obviously, <laughs> we're getting towards the end of August, so that means the pumpkin spice season is upon us. Uh, you know, you big pumpkin spice guy? Let me just tell you, you're not going to get elected to office in Arkansas if you're a mocha guy. I mean, come on. Well, if you if you put or the two together, spice. though, yeah, <laughs> no, come on, pumpkin spice is where it's at. <laughs> uh, See, my my, my cappuccino sec- is about as far on the edge as I'm <laughs> going to be able to go on some of the uh, special coffees. We're gonna we're gonna get you a pumpkin spice and see how you. We'll get like a review. We'll have a whole podcast based on that. But you know, for me, I like to dress my pumpkin spice up just a little bit. Get a couple pumps of mocha sauce in there. Ooh, we're gonna we're gonna get you turned on to that one. I'm, I'm going to leave that with you, Jay. Hockey and pumpkin spice. Uh, that's where I'm at here right now. Well, boss, uh, we, we certainly do appreciate the insight. It's always really fascinating to kind of dig on some of your experiences to 
uh, sort of still apply things. I, did you ever think that all that stuff you did way back in the day still has application? Well, that's what's great about uh, life is that you have different roles. Uh, the experiences go with you. And I've been blessed to serve our country at Homeland Security, at the head of the DEA. And and uh, that's whenever I leaned upon and saw the incredible work of our of our street agents and those that work with local law enforcement. And they show such incredible courage every day. Uh, and they protect our country. And so uh, I want to be a voice to support them. Uh, there's always some reforms that we can accomplish. Sure. Uh, it's important for the Department of Justice as an institution to be nonpolitical. And, uh, uh, you know, in this environment, uh, when you've got to make tough decisions, there's always going to be second-guessed. Uh, but we'll wait and see. Uh, and, and they've made some mistakes in the past. It's very important that they get this right. Yeah. And so we'll see how it plays out. You know, what's not a mistake is the pumpkin spice latte. Well, that's another fast break. With I'm gonna, I'm gonna just cut it off right there. That's another fast break with Asa. This is Jay Burr. This has been the boss. Remember to like and subscribe. We've got it on all the different channels. You got the YouTube channel, obviously, but then wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, all the other means uh, of getting your podcast. Again, make sure you like and subscribe. That leave us some feedback. Obviously, if you're Team PSL, let me know for sure. That way, we can show the boss that the people love their pumpkin spice. There you go. I've left them speechless for once. That's this is a rarity for everybody. And now everybody in the, in the other room it's here can, your conclusion. can back me up on that. Okay, this has been Fast Break with Asa. I'm Jay Burr. We will see you guys again next time. <laughs>